Welcome to The Kelly Roach Show, the place for no fluff, easy to implement, 20 minute or less business and leadership lessons to help you build a sustainable business that scales, lead with integrity and create a lasting legacy. I'm Kelly Roach, former NFL cheerleader and Fortune 500 executive turned eight figure entrepreneur. Let's get started. Welcome back. This is the Kelly Roach Show, and I have a super special guest with me here today. I am so proud to introduce you all to Crystal Borg, who is the president of the Business Advisory. And if you don't know what the Business Advisory is, that is our arm of Kelly Roach International that includes both our coaching and our consulting companies. We basically built out a new division last year for consulting. We turned Kelly Roach Coaching into the business advisory because now it's it's bigger than me, right? It's not Kelly Roach Coaching. Um, it is a business advisory team of strategists and coaches. Uh, and I'm so lucky and, and so proud to have Crystal on the team. I wanted to bring her on the show today to talk a little bit about What can it look like for you to build out your leadership and executive team in your business? And what are the right kind of people to be surrounding yourself with inside your company, depending on what your core strengths are as a CEO, so that you have all the core pieces of the puzzle to really win the game of business for the long term? So Crystal, welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. Hi, Katie. My first time on your podcast. I'm, I'm thrilled. <laughs> Thank I'm you for so having me. I'm so happy. I'm so happy to have you here. And it's so fun because I brought Danielle on a couple of weeks ago. We just released her episode today, the day that we're recording this. And I'm so excited to introduce you to all of our, our listeners. So I hope you guys are, are really going to enjoy this conversation today. So Crystal, why don't you start by telling a little bit about just the incredible business journey that you've had and some of your biggest learnings and takeaways, and then ultimately, like what led you to us? Why are you here? What inspired you to come on board full-time and ultimately grow into the president of the business advisory? Yes, absolutely. So to give you a little bit of my uh, background, um, I'm French. I was born and raised in France. This is why you can hear the French accent. Um, I was uh, born in a family of entrepreneur, brick and mortar. My parents had a flower shop, so it was pretty old school. Um, my friends joke, they called me like my, the Disney princess because I grew up in Paris in a flower shop. So that's the side story. Uh, but in all reality, like this was very important for me to mention because I think I was raised in that entrepreneur mentality and I saw what it meant uh, to have a business, the good, the bad, uh, challenges with employees, challenges with just maintaining the quality overall uh, and, and just the drive and the commitment that it takes. So really early on, I was attracted by that world. And so when I came to the US, I actually came because I, I used to play tennis professionally, had a scholarship, was able to come to Florida did my, um, you know, bachelor and MBA in business in entrepreneurship specifically. So I sort of had like this very crazy life already, like being an athlete and having certainly like the, the athletic drive, but also the entrepreneurial background. And so that's kind of like, that's the beginning of my story. So with my MBA, I had the opportunity to create my own business at 25 with my husband at the time. And we were very young and we're like, why not creating, you know, a European concept in the US? So why not opening a, a waffle uh, shop at a mall, very similar to Auntie Anne, like if you know the pretzels that yeah. you have in the mall? Yes. And so yeah. that was sort of like the brick and mortar. And the idea from the beginning was to go big, right? Like we always had those big dreams. So 
we said, let's open a store and then we open 10 and then we're going to create a franchise from scratch. And this is going to be amazing. So we did that. And then obviously like the reality check, you're 25, you think you know it all, you have an MBA, you, you're like, I got this. I, I remember like specifically going crazy shopping the day before and I was really blessed. And then the first day the reality hit work morning yeah. to night. And so that was my first uh, real experience as an entrepreneur, Kelly. And the reality was like, I didn't have a clue about what entrepreneurship meant, uh, despite the studies and everything else. So um, that first year, I didn't take a day off. That first year was amazing. And at the same time, incredibly hard. I didn't understand accounting. I had my first challenges with employees. I had to figure out so many things on my own. Uh, we had a lot of successes too. So we, we had a lot of demand for franchise concepts. So we raised a million dollars for 30% and decided to open a, a manufacturing plant. And so things went really, really fast. So very quickly, I was uh, involved with investors. And so that was a whole different level of managing people where you have to report the financials and there's yeah. a expectation on so many things and you're dealing with legal agreement. So that was a, a beautiful experience, a very stressful experience, mm-hmm. managing partners, working with my husband, having all of that stress, yeah. right? And, and a new family too. I just had a baby at that time. And so it was really, really tough. Great learning experience. I, we had a lawsuit around that time too. Yeah. We had a lot of troubles uh on so many levels like the strategy that we had thought was not completely aligned because we were selling franchise in malls and malls were sort of like fading down yeah. was really really hard to get into the high traffic malls so we had demand we couldn't put our people in there so we decided to pivot and long story short um we sold the company and uh, we had a successful exit but was it like the multi-million dollar that i was envisioning in my head no, I sold it at the right time. I was happy. But just to, I'm sharing this, this story with you, Kelly, just because this was maybe six, seven years of my life. Very hard. I had to learn every single thing the hard way. Yeah. I, I literally, every mistakes in the book I probably made, like it was really like emotionally draining. I was exhausted. And so at that time, I'm like, wow, if I was to ever do that again, like I need to bear away. I know I've learned a lot through these mistakes and that's part of life, but I was really frustrated by what it could have been if I had the right tool and training right. at the time, which right. the school, by the way, does not provide you with like no. at all. No. I've been there, nothing. Right. So um, fast forwarding, when we sold, I really wondered like, what do I do? I was not ready to jump back into entrepreneurship. I, I felt a little bit burned by yes. all the hard work and this and that. And so I was lucky that something sort of fell in my lap where I applied to that one thing, which was a, a director of operations for a pretzel company. And I had studied Antian pretzels for the waffle. Yeah. It was the manufacturing, very similar process. It was the wholesale business. So not brick and mortar, not franchising, yeah. a different experience. Got hired. And, um, and that became like that experience changed my life. Why? Um, well, first I was promoting as a managing director right away, like within six months, I think because of my entrepreneurship mindset, I just took over like director of operation. I'm like, that means everything. I'm just going to take it over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and the owner had a great vision. She was very similar to you, Kelly, like very, we're going to talk about it later, but yeah, she had the vision. Yeah. I'm more of an operational person. Even in yeah. the relationship with my husband, he was a visionary person. I was always like, let me just yeah. make things happen, like hard work and, you know. <laughs> I love it. So, 
Yeah, so we'll talk about it. But um, the reason why that experience changed my life is I came in it with a lot of hunger to grow and learn because I had done mistakes and I wanted to get better at, at my you know skill set and everything. And I found at the time uh, the owner of the company was in Europe, like doing different things. So she really like we were a great match for her vision and for me to implement. But it was the first time that she actually invested into my education and training. And again, like to give you some background, being French, I was born with no spirituality in my life, feet on the ground, really like pessimistic. So when I met my husband, he's the opposite. He's very spiritual. So it, it's funny how the journey kind of looped yeah. because this owner yeah. was spiritual and she believed in all of that. So the first shift was a mindset shift and she gave me training around that. And I did, you know, Tony Robbins and like I did so many yeah. business training, skill improvement, mindset. She invested yeah. six figures, uh, Kelly, in me. So I call her my little angel over here. And, and by the way, I just want to shout out to you because I know you're like that. And somehow I'm attracting that in my life, which is wonderful. Yeah. Um, but I saw how that investment that she was doing to me changed my perspective on, on coaching and mentorship and investment, even for myself to this day, yeah. I still invest. Uh, but this is where I had the biggest transformation. My confidence, my way of, I had business experience, but that brought me from here to in no time. And so when I took over that business, it was 4 million and in sales per year and in a four and a half, Time period, we brought it to $20 million and we sold it to a very well-known private equity group. So two successful exits under my belt at this point with the whole due diligence. And but I learned everything like from growing teams from scratch. We opened a new office from uh, continuous improvement, which was a key thing in the manufacturing space. Um, you know, organizational structure, like the foundation, yeah. leadership, you name it. And you saw a, you know, a situation where it was uh, remote. We, we had an office, but we had a lot of people working remotely, yeah. which was sort of a great preparation with COVID. Yeah. So incredible experience um, that changed me forever. When we sold the company, I knew that we were bought by a big, big group that had manufacturing plants, yeah. like 100 million yeah. in Canada. I knew that my position would probably be redundant and skipped. Uh, so I was starting to think, like, what could I do? What could I do? Um, and the interesting point, Katie, and I don't even know if I'd share that story with you, but when COVID hit in March, all of a sudden, the business that we, I was still working in the business that was bought, but the whole industry stopped, like the food, yeah. restaurant industry. So everything like our sales went zero overnight. So I'm like, I think my days are probably counted just because I knew it was eventually yeah. going to be, you know? Yeah. But that came, so April 15, I got the call where me and my entire, like the entire Florida yeah. were cats. And so I expected it, but it's still a shock because I felt like it's a baby. I grew. You built <laughs> it. Baby. Yeah. I yeah, did absolutely. it. I sold it to you. It's actually better run than the $100 million. But now you're just doing your private equity thing, which I yeah. So not really a surprise, but the beauty in this, and this is why I'm sharing this story with you, is that you can bounce back right away once you have the tools and the experience yeah. that I had and the relationship. So one hour after crying, after that news, cried. Yeah. I put my big girl yeah. Yeah. <laughs> face on. Yeah. I went for a walk. And, um, and then I made some phone calls. So I knew people and I'm like the manufacturer of the pretzel, which was cut too, because they had this big pretzel industry i said hey uh, i got cut you're next you know that what can we do 
And that, that day I got a 500K investment where they decided to invest. I was on a contract to lead this. And uh, I called QVC. I had a relationship with the pretzel. So I said, hey, I have a new product. Would you want to have a presentation? So that same day, I created an entity with 500 million, uh, 500,000. I'm sorry, I wish million. <laughs> 500,000. I had already, obviously, like uh, operating agreements and all of that from my yeah. waffle company. Uh, so I was able to put that in very quickly. I called a couple of people that I knew would be great assets. Next day, QVC said yes. We were a startup. And yeah. 18 months later, we had $2.5 million in sales. And at that point, for me, it was really recreating the pretzel with a European product with a yeah. twist. Which, by the way, when I talked to QVC, I didn't know what the brand would be. I like literally went like with courage and like making things up as the conversation yeah. went by and it worked mm-hmm. out. So, so much I could share about that. But um, 18 months later, I was starting to get really comfortable in the industry that I knew so well. But I had that calling when we sold the company, I already knew that I wanted to yeah. be more like mentoring and coaching because it changed my life so deeply at, at a level that I can't even... That thirst of learning and growth and this and that, like that, that seed was there. So I knew that doing the same thing, the product, this and that, I already had all the systems, everything was running. I'm like, I, I think there is more to life. And at that time, Destiny has it that I saw an ad from you, Kelly. And uh, I'm like, this sounds like my dream. Like I'm meant for this. I feel like my journey was meant for this. I need to help entrepreneurs because I suffered six or seven years unnecessary having a kid a husband all of that and it doesn't have to be that way like you can avoid all of those mistakes long story short this is how we connected and ever since i've been the happiest ever and it was a really hard to group my contract was you know done but i they were not they would prefer uh, preferred for me to still be there i'm still an owner um i have shares but uh i knew i had to make that tough decision so every new door like happens when you make a new decision and yeah. you take a chance and so i did that and i don't regret it i love it here yeah. so long it's, intro about my journey but yeah you know. no it's amazing i mean that's I, that's why i wanted you to take the time to share the journey because it's such a great story of resilience and being able to take the the tough learnings and apply them and just being able to raise your awareness and take the situations that you've been through and just leap forward in your life to the next level and then leap again and then leap again. Um, and I think it's a balance of having like the, the courage to like challenge yourself to take imperfect action and try new things and make bold moves, but also the humility to say, okay, like these are the things that I learned. Like these are, these are, these are the places where I fell short. Now here's how I can look at this next time. This is what I can do different. And, you know, I think that all of those elements you bring into your leadership style, where you come in like full charge, you have such, you know, credibility and authority and strength in your leadership, but also you balance like the openness, the collaboration, the humility with the team of like really making people feel like they're involved in what they're creating. It's a co-creation process. And I think all of those things in your journey, like led you to that point of really discovering your strengths and then, you know, understanding how to build a winning team around you, which is very similar to me. Like going through this journey, I've had to learn what my strengths are and then find people like you that are my equals that I can work with day to day that can bring to the company the things that I can't and and match each other. So I think that, yeah, I love your story and, and thank you for taking the time to share all of those things. So 
two successful exits, um, multiple companies started sold, you know, uh, different experiences, both as an entrepreneur and an entrepreneur, um, you know, and just so much wisdom. And I think what's really interesting too is, you know, and I think you and Deepak, you know, it's, it's really nice how you both bring this and Deepak is our vice president of coaching operations, but that continuous improvement mentality from <laughs> manufacturing. It's so interesting. I don't think a lot of people in a service-based business recognize that, you know, when you're going through the scale process, that systems and efficiency in operations and technical capabilities are like so make or break, right? We spend countless hours internally working on getting the operations such that it will be able to support a $100 million company. And it's not an easy feat. And having people that have a manufacturing background really helps with that because that every little detail counts, right? The the profit margins are so small in manufacturing that you have to be so much more sensitive and precise in that. Whereas I feel like in a service-based business, a lot of people that have only worked in a service-based business, they don't have that mentality, right? A hundred percent. And I think that for me, that was one of the biggest learning working in a manufacturing industry. And I learned a lot from Deepak on that because... He happened, we worked together before. Um, I, ha- I think so highly of him, Kelly, that I'm like, come over here, make sure that, you know, you join us. Uh, yeah. But that, that methodology, like it's called Kata Manufacturing. And so um, Toyota Kata developed a lot of the, the improvement processes in manufacturing. And what is incredible is that you can apply that manufacturing process to a leadership style. And you can continually improve uh, your assets, which is in the service base, is really your people. Your people. So you're 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 teaching them, you're coaching them, and mentoring them to think for themselves, being problem solvers, uh, creating non-added um, value activities, and like this core concept. Once you coach it, you can't escape it. It becomes a part of you, and you just become better at everything that you do, even in your life, like not just as an employee or yeah. a CEO. So it's a beautiful philosophy that. Um, it's a shame that it's not really being taught really anywhere. Nobody talks about that. And well, I think that's... But we're going to, right, Crystal? We are. Yeah, we do it here. But we're going we to. We're, we're changing the conversation. <laughs> we're, we're setting a new standard in the coaching industry. So a lot of people listening to the show uh, are working through the growth and scale process with their businesses. And, you know, one of the things I talk about all the time is like in the world of entrepreneurship, you're sold the story that if you can just figure out how to get enough clients, you will be rich, free and retired in no time. Right. And I always talk about the fact that it doesn't go like that. Right. You have to learn how to get clients. You have to learn how to build a brand, service your customers, learn how to retain customers and renew customers, develop effective systems and build a winning team. Because if you don't have that whole loop closed with one, you know, infinite circle, then you, the business owner, are always going to be trapped. And I think a question that I have for you, Crystal, and I asked Danielle something similar, and, and I think you each approach things from a different um, from a different perspective. So I'm interested in your answer. But I think for a lot of people listening, like they would love to get someone who's gone through two successful exits and, and build a $20 million company from 4 million to 20 in four years. And, you know, had the success that you've had both as a founder and as an entrepreneur. So what is it that made you feel certain and confident that you could entrust your career 
in the hands of me as a leader and our organization. And for the people that are listening, what advice would you give to them when they're thinking about building out a leadership team in their own organization? That's a loaded question. A lot of thoughts I know. around that. I know it's yes. a loaded question, but it's a really, really, really important one because I want the people that listen to our show to learn how to create freedom. Yeah. And you cannot create freedom without building strong leaders in your company. You can't. Because even if you go get a thousand customers, you just build a jail cell. You have to have systems and people, right? So I know it's a loaded question. Give me no, what you have got. to leverage, leverage your time. So I, I, will, I will speak about me, but it's applicable to any leaders. Yeah. Um, what attracts like A players or leaders is basically it starts with your why and your vision. If you don't have a very strong culture or why, uh, something that really resonates deeply, it's going to be really, really hard to find the right leader. So when I looked at the, the and it starts at something as simple as in your job description, you should talk about your why and your culture and your expectations in your job description. Kaylee, when I looked at the job description, the mission absolutely talked to my heart. I felt like this is for me. I could see the, the, my why, which by the way, my why is very much, um, I want women to have it all. Like that's really like something that drives me in the morning. I'm like, I don't want to sacrifice. I want to be successful, have a husband, my yeah. family, do the thing in life. I don't want, I have one life that I, I just want to live it fully. Yeah. So that's my mission. And so for me, I can relate to entrepreneurs particularly because that's my journey. So the why and the culture resonated. The why is one thing, but the culture to me is a culture of greatness and excellence yeah. because you will find that a players or athletes or anybody that like you compete against yourself, you compete yeah. for excellence. You, you don't want, if you've been successful, you don't want to be in a company that's sort of like loose. And so what I love about the culture is like, Hey, it's not for everybody. It's, it's somebody that really wants your thoughts that wants. So I don't think anybody should be shy about being really like, we're going to have fun. We're going to have all of these things, but this is like serious stuff. If you want to change someone's life. So yeah. that's, I think that you need to establish that really, really early on. And then, of course, the second piece is being realistic that you're dealing with human beings that, you know, if they're really great at what they do, they want to have the right compensation that goes along. They want to be able to achieve their dreams. So for me, with Kelly, I always felt like I don't have a ceiling. I always feel like I'm going to help as many people. We're going to grow. But she never made me feel like, oh, I'm limited. Or, or And I understand that people that start, it may seem harder, but it doesn't have to be hard. It's yeah. just about doing a content that makes sense and taking the time to know the person, what are their goals. Everybody has different goals. So Kelly, that's something we've done like right away. Like you ask me, where do I want to be? What do you, yeah. you know, I needed to see your path. I need yeah. to see that the why is aligned, the culture is great. And then I have a path for my personal objective. Once yeah. this was covered, Kelly, like for me, and that's it for me, but that's, I think for most leaders, yeah. um, a lot of people want to work with entities that are bigger than themselves. Um, I look at my situation. I could have stayed as an entrepreneur. I was making money and all of that. But you know what I found that was really interesting? In the business that we had, it was really like we grew 2.5, but we were very lean on team. We didn't have yeah. a lot of people because everything was, you know, I yeah. had a co-packer here. I have, And so I missed the team aspect so much yes. because this is why I had fun. Like when I was in the pretzel room, yeah. many more people... I love that. Here, I felt a little bit alone in my island. And I was like, I can continue, but I'm, I'm, I'm missing that leadership yeah. that I really love. 
And so that was for me. And I also knew myself, and we're going to talk about this, but I'm not really so much like I'm an implementation type of person. And I've always been in my journey. My husband was the visionary. The pretzel, like the owner was the visionary. The thing when I replicated for quick success, it was good, but I didn't have like that visionary person. And I think for me, I'm like, you know, I don't know. I, I want to, so I think it's also the humility of knowing myself and I'm confident. I love entrepreneurship so much that I don't want to be separated from it. Yeah. But I also know that the best work comes out of, for me, for my personal being, yeah. a team, a visionary, and I am the piece of the puzzle that can thrive and implement. And I know for some of you, like it may sound like the unicorn, but they're out there. We, we put yeah. together a lead of, you know, Deepak is an entrepreneur that also Absolutely. needs to tie. I can name a lot of people. So it's out there. I just want to say like a lot of people are like, where do we find you? Where do we find all of those people? It's out there. You just need to not compromise and you need to have a very strong culture. Why? And really pinpoint who you're looking for. Um, yeah. But the team is out there. It's up to hundred percent. And, and it's vision. And, and I think you made a really good point because when I look at, uh, Deepak, Ty, you, Danielle, all four of you had successful companies of your own. And all four of you also really missed being on a team. You wanted, when I, I talked to Danielle, I talked to Ty, I talked to D, they, it's, 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 it's this togetherness. Like it's this sense of, purpose where we're all going on this mission together. And there's like something bigger than us that we're all working towards. And we're not on these islands. It's like, we're in it together. We're linking arms. We believe we see the vision. Um, so I, I think that's a huge thing as far as, you know, people that have had success, they've enjoyed certain elements of what they've done. And then when they're ready for the next uh, season of their career, the next 10, 15 years of their career, they're looking for something to complement the experience that they already have. So it might just look slightly different, but I agree with you. They're absolutely out there. And I think personally, it all begins with vision. I started talking about this, Crystal, about two and a half years ago. That's when I started really talking about, okay, I'm going to build an executive team for my company. I'm going to hire people that have actually run organizations um, at the size or larger than mine. I'm going to find people that have as much talent and capability from an entrepreneur standpoint as I do. And so this process for me, which was a long and very difficult one, and we'll talk, you know, we'll talk about that. But like, you know, obviously, you know, Crystal, you've seen some of the people that had to, you know, come in and then needed to be removed that weren't the right fit at an executive level. But what I would say is it all started with the vision of me trusting and believing my vision is big enough to hold million dollar earners. My vision is big enough for people to literally ride out their career as an executive leader, you know, within my organization and believing and trusting that I am capable and competent to both lead those people and acquire that level of talent. And that might seem like a little thing, but Crystal, I see that as the very first step because I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't even believe that they can get that in their company. All the times we're working with some of our clients are like that. I'm like, yes, you can. You can. You can. And, and, and I will add, Kelly, not everybody has the desire to be an entrepreneur, but they will be an, an amazing leader and an yes. entrepreneur. Yes. Because it takes years, courage, um, risk, right? Like I already oh said God. risk, but it's, it's, uh, it's a burden. Like you don't, you don't sleep the same when you're a leader. No. Versus the CEO. And I have the humility. I've been in both shoes. I've, I know. I know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
you have this earth is beautiful because everybody has different role to, role to play. Exactly. And that's okay. Yeah, yes. exactly. So I want to talk a little bit, you know, also about the, the importance as a CEO or a founder of identifying your strengths and getting a good understanding of what role you should be playing in your company. Okay. So for me, about two and a half years ago, when I started this process, I realized that I was getting to the point where I was not able to fully step into my role as a visionary, building the brand and really serving and being out front, leading, teaching, you know, serving people. Because as we grew and grew and grew, the time needed to run operationally and functionally and manage and lead the team became so demanding. And it really came down to, okay, either both of these things are going to get done halfway and not well, or I have to begin the journey of really stepping into what are my strengths, right? I don't have the desire or the, the level of precision and expertise from an operational effectiveness standpoint that is needed to take a company to a hundred million. I have the vision. I have the leadership. I have the ability to inspire, enroll, influence, create the passion, create the belief, create the dynamic, create the products but I don't have the operational capability and admitting that and and acknowledging that and saying, but what would happen if I got in my lane? What would happen if I got in my lane and I actually fully did the visionary role and then hired a counterpart that would be able to come up, you know, into, you know, this, this role. And I remember when I watched your video, Crystal, I almost like, I lost my mind. I literally sent it to Danielle and I'm like, Danielle, I said, I'm not saying a word but I need you to watch this video. I'm like, I just, I need you to see what, what just happened. Right. And like, she knew, and I knew, and her and I were both so happy because you and Danielle also are equal opposites, right? She is the starter. Danielle is the fire starter. She is great at, she's an innovator. She's a disruptor. She's all about starting things. Like she's the person that will take initiative to but she is not an operator, right? That's not what she loves. That's not her strength. She doesn't have that operational. So for me and her, we were both like, oh my God, we're both <laughs> going to get to do the thing that we love, right? Because we're going to bring in our counterpart. And I think, Crystal, one of the biggest problems is that when you start off as an entrepreneur, you have to be both the visionary and the operator. That's not a choice. Unless you're going to just like go get funding or put yourself in hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt, like you're most likely going to do both of those things. I think the part that is not taught, which we obviously focus a lot on this in Legacy Leaders, I did a whole session on this in our last meeting. We're going to continue to do this is that there's really four roles that a founder can play in their own company. They can be the business operator. They can be a role player, meaning you do a job in the company. There are founders that just do a job. They, they have a job that they like. They do that role. They have a president. They have a CEO. They have you know all the other things and they do that job. You can be the visionary, right? The person that is out front. You're the face of the brand. You are driving the movement. You are enrolling people in the vision. Your, your whole job is like, come with me. Right. And then there's people that are just an investor. They don't want to be in the day to day. They want nothing to do with being a part of the everyday. They're like, send me the PL, send me the bank statement. That's it. And I think it's really important, Crystal. And I think one of the things that we're doing really well in legacy leaders is we're empowering people to understand that they have a choice. And I think so many business owners are unhappy because they're doing 
all of those roles. I mean, talk about team. Like I'm not even, we're not even talking about building a winning team because I've talked about that at nauseum in the show. Everyone that listens to the show knows like, if you're not building a team in your company, like you are signing up for suffering and misery, like endlessly. Right. But like, we're taking a step further in terms of you getting to decide what role you want to play in your own company and not subjecting yourself to a lifetime of doing things poorly that then hurt the company that aren't going to allow the company to reach its potential because you simply haven't gotten clear on what are my strengths and what are my weaknesses and get the frick out of the way, right? Crystal came in and as Crystal got her bearings and like could be ready to start like taking on more and taking on more once she had time to like absorb the culture, get to know the team, get to know whatever. I'm like, I'm clearing out of the way. Like I'm letting her like go. You know, like we collaborate, we share ideas, you know, all those things. So I guess a good question then, Crystal, that I would like to ask you just for for everyone listening is talk a little bit about what does the president of the business advisory do? What does that look like for you? I, I love that question. Um, it's building the machine, Kelly. I, I, that's sort of a simple way of putting it together, but it's understanding, okay, this is the vision that Kelly has. This is where we're going as a company. This is our why. Fantastic. Now we're... Point A, we need to go to point B. What machine do we need to design to get from A to B? So first, part of my work is strategic planning in terms of understanding what are the obstacles? Like, what do we need to knock down to get from A to B? Once we understand what is, you know, in the way that we need to knock out, then it's designing the machine and it's understanding, like, what is our skill set? What is the best way to get from A to B? And you sort of, like, identify and, and they like we have a process around that to understand like based on risk level skill set cost you name it we decide on the strategy and then after that you really look at your organization and you see do you have any role like as far as skill set and team do we have the resources that we need from a budget perspective too to implement on that great if we are missing we can reallocate we can look at the pool of talent we assess the assets of the company to support yeah. that plan. And then from there, it's just like really getting clear uh, with your people in terms of what are their goals? Um, yeah. What are we tracking? Whether it's KPI, what are the critical drivers that will get us to our KPI? Do we have the accountability, the incentives, the dashboard in place? And once we have that, then it's problem solution, problem solutions. We mentor and coach. So I have a lot of meetings with our team to understand what was your goal? Where are you now? What happened? Uh, what's the obstacle in your way? What do we do next? And every day, and that's that kata continuous improvement. Yeah. So that process is really, really important. But you see, we always start from this is the outcome. And then we go and we understand also that there is no wrong decision, but it's sort of an experiment where we learn, we pivot very like on the press and flexible and we learn every time and get better. So my day, Kelly, is very much like I'm a report freak. I need numbers. <laughs> you know that. You know that. But it's important. And and I say that so often. Like accounting is the language of business. Yeah. And you cannot like it's like playing a game and you don't even know how to play it. How do you expect to win? Like you don't, you know, and that's a problem that I see with many entrepreneurs. Like yes. it doesn't matter. Some are ten million dollars in revenue, they still don't really quite understand. And yeah. it's like getting the confidence that we can teach them. Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's that. Uh, 
But then the other thing is that if you don't have the optics, it's like you're flying a plane and you don't understand all the levers and everything yeah. like the dashboard. You don't even know if you're crashing or going up. So understanding your numbers are one thing, but having a dashboard and optics is super important. So me personally, I can read a, a PNL and a financial statement and see if something is going right or wrong. And I, I don't even need to know anyone's business. I yeah. can look at their financial and all. But then to go beyond that, my day-to-day is very much about m- making decisions every day and letting the team, giving them the, the autonomy and the passion to get to the goal. So yeah, there is still an inspiration, although I think you do a better job. And that's really where like I let you take the lead on that. But then for me, it's making sure that I do have an engaged pool yeah. of people. And so I would just bring something really important in this conversation. Accountability is not the same as control. Control equal compliance. You can control people, mm. tell them what to do, but you're killing innovation. Mm. You're killing engagement. I love when that. You, yes. And so yes. I want to make that distinction. Control is not accountability. And right. when you have somebody that's not, that has the power of testing, thinking for themselves, it's not, not everything is controlled, but they have some room. Yes. They can engage. And engagement leads to mastery. And uh, human beings are looking for purpose, which comes from mastery too. So there's a whole human psychology behind it. So my job is really guiding people. And of course, because I have this unique view across all departments, I can also bring the bridge between the departments to make sure that one decision is not taken in silo, impacting something else. So there's a lot of collaboration, which is another thing that I see team leaders not communicating and... um, and yeah, I mean, basically we're putting a sprinkler system so there is no fire. Like we're not just putting <laughs> yes. a fire, putting a sprinkler yeah. system and we yeah. have a team of, they're no longer firefighters, they're engineers. So we don't yeah. have the sprinkler system in place. That's sort of like the uh, analogy. Yeah. And, and what I'll add to that I think is an important perspective for everyone listening is that I think a lot of business owners say like, if I can just get this one thing in place, or if I can just get through this, or if I can just hire this one person, or, you know, if I just get over this one hump, I don't think a lot of people, and it's because it's not taught in the online world, but I don't think a lot of people realize that, like, it's so important to have someone in your organization that is truly passionate about continuous improvement and, and building the machine because every time you get to a next level, the machine breaks and you have to rebuild it no matter how good you are. And I think a lot of people think like, oh, I'll just band-aid it. I'll just do it. You know, I'll just do this, do that. Not realizing like, no, this is, this is as permanent of a necessity in a growing organization as sales and marketing is right? That that ability to identify how we can get better, how we can get more efficient, how we can become more effective at what we're doing, how we can get the pieces of the puzzle to come together. It's so, so crucial. And I think that everything is so heavily weighted on sales and marketing, which sales and marketing are crucial, but sales and marketing only works if what happens after sales and marketing comes together, right? And 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 is effective, which is why having a president ultimately of the company that has 
sales, marketing, finance, and operations under them so that the full life cycle from someone that is a brand new lead all the way through their renewal and continued engagement, it's a closed loop under the same leader is key because, and this was like my dream. And like, it it was very hard. I went through a lot of the wrong people and you know this, Crystal, and it was the hardest two years of my life, like bar none for, for a million and one reasons. But one of the main reasons was having the wrong leadership. And I don't think you get to skip over that. And I tell people this all the time. Everyone wants to make the dream higher the first time, nail it, know exactly what you need, get that perfect person in place. That's never been my experience. And I've interviewed thousands of people in my lifetime and I've hired, I had 17 locations I was running in corporate. I was responsible for hiring for all of them. Um, I also think you learn so much by hiring the wrong person sometimes that that's what makes you crystal clear to be in a position to hire the right one. So I just want to encourage people on that as well. I know we're running out of time here. There's so much more I want to talk about. Let's talk about legacy leaders. We have, you know, Crystal obviously is the president of the business advisory. She is heavily, heavily involved with our legacy leaders, uh, which is our intimate and highly exclusive communities uh, that has business owners between a million and 13 million in revenue right now. And the purpose and distinction of legacy leaders is to help people to learn how to build sellable, scalable, and self-led companies, meaning building an executive team, building a winning leadership team, getting your systems, your operations, and your finance working the right way, and ultimately being in the position to exit, which is why having someone who's had multiple successful exits is key. What would you share, Crystal, just in terms of people listening um, that are maybe curious that listen to this interview today are like, wow, like I, I really need help figuring out how to even take that next step from a leadership standpoint in their company? Well, I mean, I, my story just shows you that it's it will transform you completely to join. And, um, you know, from my own experience to all the trainings that I've had, but I'm not alone here. You have such a diverse background from the different leaders that we have. Someone like Deepak that experienced the corporate world, the coaching world and different things, the manufacturing for me, which is right in that space where I sold successfully $20 million company. So you're like in that space where I've, I've gone through that. Um, so what I can tell you is that it's life-changing. We've had our leaders, you know, stay with us for a long time. They're still around and they have like problems that you would probably relate to that are leadership, being overwhelmed, needing more support, not being so in their business, but work on their business. Uh, understanding how to position themselves for an exit. Sometimes they start new ventures. Like I think that having the experience in our group and someone like Kelly to lead them, I, I can tell you like sometimes people literally uh, get emotional because we are we change their life. I just had a client. Um, we worked together three weeks and she saved one hundred and nine thousand dollars in three weeks just by me looking at financial. Uh, not only that, but she all of a sudden had that confidence to have those hard conversations that were necessary with your staff. Yeah. So um, if you're looking for a less painful journey, if you're looking for an explosion in your growth, because you don't have time to just like trip on your own and get into a lot yeah. of the headaches, if you just want to have something that's more of an exponential growth and, and also we don't talk about it, but avoiding expensive mistakes, yes. it is a killer sometimes more than even, you know, just thinking about growing, it's like, don't make that stupid mistake, which would have saved exactly. you millions. Exactly. Um, exactly. So it's like having a board. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There's so much more to talk about. I'm so yes. happy that you could come on the show today, Crystal. So guys, 
If you're at at least a million dollars in recurring revenue, you want to build a scalable team, you want to set your business up for an exit, you want the autonomy to have a president and a vice president team down the road, and you want to be led through the process of building that in your company, down in the show notes, you're going to see an application link. You can apply for legacy leaders down below. I'm going to bring Crystal back. She has so much knowledge and expertise to share. This was such a good conversation. One more time, the link for the application and the overview of legacy leaders is in the show notes down below. Uh, if you want to learn more, send in the application. Even if it's not the exact right step for you, we'll lead you to the next place that you need to go. And if this episode made a big difference for you, write a review, screenshot it, send it to me, and we'll send you an amazing gift. Tell us what you loved about this conversation and tell me what you want to hear more of. All right. Thank you, Crystal, for being here. Great Thank conversation. You so much, Talk to everybody soon. Thank you so much for listening to The Kelly Roach Show. If you enjoyed this episode, do me two solids. Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review so other people can find the life-changing content that we share here. We're on our way to number one and we need your help getting there. Thanks so much for being a part of the community and for tuning into the show each and every week.